I want to welcome uh, two very special guests today, uh, Ulf and Steven from Centered, Centered App, right? Is that the full That's name correct. we're using? Perfect, perfect. I'm, I'm really jazzed for our conversation today because um, not only are we like kindred spirits, I think, around the, the world of work and how we're thinking about, you know, breaking... Uh, some paradigms perhaps that we've built up along the way around what work is, what productivity is, but also you all have created um, a resource and I think something that's going to kind of change the way we think about work. So I'm excited for you all to talk about that. Uh, Let's start with just introductions. Tell us who you are, uh, what your role is with Centered App, and then what makes you human. And maybe Stephen, we'll we'll start with you and you could um, pass it on. I would be happy to. I am Ulf's co-founder. He uh, invited me on this merry journey. Um, my background is I came to California. I was a, a young engineer at IBM. I got into the business of film. I did mainly action movies as a visual effects person initially, and later as a studio executive at uh, 20th Century Fox and uh, um, also DreamWorks. And then, you know, I did a lot of soul searching and evolution and cleansed that and got back into tech and I've been working the past 10 years on startups. Ulf is an old friend of mine and, uh, and my wife's. And when he had this idea, it was intriguing to me because it felt like it really spoke to a lot of themes that I think there are in the world and things we could help. So he is very persuasive and I was like, okay, I'm signing up. I'll do it. I love it. And what makes you human? I listen. What about you, Ulf? Let's hear about you. Yeah, I'm Ulf Schwekendieck. I'm the founder of Centered. Um, we've been on this journey for just shy of two years of, of building software that brings emotion to software and that helps you to get your work done faster and happier. And uh, what, what makes me human is that I believe that life is an iteration uh, every single piece of it that you know it's it's a constant improvement and failure and learning from it and and just getting better every day I love that and like I mentioned earlier I think what you both have created is uh, it's not just inspiring but it's I think it's actually changing the way we think about work and we're at such a pivot point right now with the I'll call it the social contract that employees are uh rethinking around what they want out of work and how they want to experience work and what they need and uh so uh, maybe steven starting with you uh, talk a little bit about what centered app does and what what's the 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 originator around the the concepts or the the theories around things like flow and productivity I think that is very sweet of you to call me first twice, but I think this is one that Ulf should really answer because he is the <laughs> he is the origin of this story. You're very kind, yes, Ulf. He's he's a he's a so much better storyteller than I am, but I'm I'm gonna give it a try, um, uh, and you get to listen to my lovely German accent a little bit longer. Um, so we're trying to help you with Center to do something great and to reclaim the time of deep work or something that we call flow. Um, if, if you don't know what flow is, you can imagine that time you've been in an airplane for like a work trip and you had to be completely disconnected from the internet and open your computer and started writing something. So like writing a long email or 
for me, I'm an engineer writing some code. And you realized if you tune off all these distractions around you, you have like some like humming of the engines going around. There's nothing really that distracts you at all anymore. You get so much more work done and you do so much more meaningful work. You might even get like ideas you would have not gotten. So, and I think I truly believe we're living now in this world where we should be a lot more measured about what we produce rather than how much time we spend on something. So, and in order to do that, I think we have to rethink the way we work. And I think we help you with our tool um, and our software um, to join this movement of like learning how to rethink the way you work. And believe it or not, the people that are already following us and, and doing this are getting so much more work done than before by just following our methodology of our app. And I'm, I'm happy to tell you more. Like maybe like Stephen, that's like a good segue over for you to like tell us like what, 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 what does Senta do? So I'll tell you uh, a little lead into this is when Ulf originally described this to me, he was talking about a mindful to-do list. And those words didn't originally mean to me what they do mean now. And Ulf, to his credit, you know, went off, built a prototype and said, well, I think it's sort of like this. Because initially I was like, I love you, I support you, and I'm going to cheer you on, but I don't fully understand you know, the place and the problem and the solution there. And when Ulf showed me what he had built, this, uh, his first version, it was clear it was really about these themes that Ulf brought up just now, which is it's emotional software. It is not just a word processor, but it's something that's supposed to elicit an emotion and help you provide that to yourself in a, almost a sense of self-care of saying, I'm going to take this time every day. And by doing this for myself, the same way, like I have a daily yoga practice, like I do that for myself and it elicits in me a certain set of feelings and probably like, you know, neuro sort of chemical responses that make me different on that day. I can feel the days that I miss yoga. And Ulf created something where he said, I think this is what I meant, is that we can create emotional software that allows people to get their work done in such a way where they feel better about it. They've spent less time doing the same output. And that for us has led to a culture where internally, Ulf and I, we encourage everyone to take flow time every day, where it's like, you're not expected to be responsive on Slack in two minutes. You know, People can't bug you. Obviously, if they need you, text, call, and find something if there's a fire burning in the third floor. You know, But otherwise, it's like, oh, that's right. This is the time you're going to do your, your deep work, your flow time, we call it. And that's something that I think is, is very interesting about what you know, Ulf created was this sense of how do you be mindful about your work and bring that happiness? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, where we are. And and the interesting thing is it like centered when you open up for the first time, it, it has a to do list aspect of it. We give you the options to write down the things you need to do to organize your work like any other simple to do list would do. But we we decided we're not stopping there. And we think that every other to do list fails at actually helping you to get your work done. They are great about planning. They're not great about helping you to be present and get your work done. And that is what Centered really is. You pull your task into a current flow session. You time box every task. You think about how long it will take you to do a certain thing. And then you hit play and re-put you into a mode that 
puts you into a deep work state quicker by showing you a little mini player always on your app, uh, always on your computer, showing you, reminding you the one task you're supposed to be working on because context switching is very unproductive and very expensive. And we do it all the time just by nature. So we're helping you to retrain yourself to focus on one thing at a time and only at one thing at a time. How do we do that? We're we're showing you what you were supposed to be doing right now. We're having a counter that goes down on like your estimated task time. We play focus music that we designed ourselves with amazing musicians together that help you to stay in flow that don't distract you that don't have for they have they for instance have a certain beat pattern they have no vocals because vocals are triggering a part in your brain to like out of a sudden do speech processing and and that that is again like a context switch for you so it, there's specific music that helps you to stay in flow longer and we have that music for you lastly i'm not sure if you have been there, I'm sure some of your listeners have been, where you're coding or writing or doing something creative. You think you're in flow all night long and you're just like trying to get that last paragraph done or trying to get that last script written. And you realize you have not drank in any water for the last two hours. You have not gotten off your desk for the last two hours and you're kind of stuck. So we help you as well with that. We actually follow a method called the Pomodoro method. That is, you can specify how many times an hour you want to take a break. So you can say every 25 minutes, I want to take a five minute break. And Centered helps you to facilitate that, to say it's like, okay, take a breather. Like take a, we have a breathing exercise in our app, for instance, on these breaks. Like take a super quick breather, refresher, like take some water, get up. Do something and then dive back in and you'll notice that you get your work so much quicker done if you actually take breaks as well. All of this, when I say when I say emotional software, comes from amazing technology and amazing content. The music is one piece to it. The last piece that I haven't mentioned yet is, is Noah. Noah is your guide in a flow session. Noah is an audio guide that looks a little bit over your shoulder, sees what you're doing, and tries to help you stay on task by telling you you're getting distracted. For instance, if you're opening up Twitter or YouTube or whatever gets you distracted, to like trying to pull you back to monotask and continue to work on that one task. He'll give you time announcements. He'll just crack a joke from time to time to keep you engaged. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a lovely, lovely assistant. Oh, I love that. I wish Noah was on the podcast too. <laughs> we can arrange that next can, next episode. We can get that done. I love it. And his voice is way better than ours. Trust agreed, us. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, gosh, that, um, you know, just to kind of break down some of the things that I'm hearing, you know, I mean, things that are happening in the app, but I think just tactics for our listeners to keep in mind, I think the guided piece of your tool is is so important, but you know, there's very simple concepts to, to, to pull out of that. Um, like the, you know, I always think about the, the just creating space, right? Absolutely. Creating space to, to think, um, but then also to work on one task at a time. I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, multitasking is not a thing. Our brains can't do it. <laughs> Although he tells me I multitask, multitask all the time. I'm like, it's, I can't. I, and I think a lot of people... I think just traditionally in the workplace, we've kind of, uh, it's a coveted skill, 
multitasking, wearing many hats. You know, you see all these things in job descriptions, interestingly enough, and um, they're not very human because our brains don't like it. Absolutely. I think actually, especially, you know, we're, we're living in, 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 start, in the startup bubble, being startups where like startup founders have, have to wear many hats. And it doesn't mean to multitask to me. It, it means to like it, my life is like for two hours, I'm a designer for the next hour. I'm in fundraising mode for the next hour. I'm an engineer. And that means many hats, not what a lot of people mis like conceive as like, oh, you have to do seven things all at once. You're right. Um, our brains are not designed to multitask. That's why it's so slow. Microsoft has done so much research on what it means and how bad task switching is in our head. And that is why this concept of monotasking is so important, so important, so rewarding too. If you get to it, it's amazing. You're like, like a lot of our, our customers, like we're talking about three hours later, they're done with all their work that they usually take in a whole day. And uh, just because they did not switch the entire time over from one task to another. There is one aspect of this that Ulf hasn't touched upon, but I'm, I'm going to touch upon it, which is we do believe that we're coming to a different understanding of like what that is to be human and how being human relates to being productive. And we have... You know, some of our teammates are in Europe where there are different understandings of like the rhythms of work, the rhythms of life, when you eat, when you sleep, when you rest, when you see friends. Some are in Canada, some are in Mexico. We have a distributed team. And, you know, when people talk right now about the great resignation and the renegotiation of the employer-employee relationship, you know, people right now are feeling more empowered to say, this is how I'm human. Like maybe... I want to be in the office all the time. I crave that sort of interaction. Maybe I don't. Maybe I have children and it's it's a great thing for me to be around my children, but I'll get my work done. Maybe it's I'm a digital nomad now. I'm going to work from a different city, you know, each month this year, but it's, you know, I can be sort of geoagnostic because what I do doesn't require, you know, door-to-door -door salesman stuff. So toward that end, there is an aspect of, of humanity that we think is expressing itself. And we hope that our tool is helpful for people as they choose that to say, I can be productive anywhere. And what's interesting is, and this is not going to be a long ramble, but I'm going to wrap it up in a moment. Um, people, when we've shown them this co-working product, they very often, when they talk to us about our own product, they reference physical spaces. They say, oh, it feels like I'm in a coffee shop where maybe I'm not talking to other people. I'm not hanging out socially. It's not a party. But I feel connected. I feel the energy of like, there are 10 other people in this coffee shop. There's a screenwriter in that corner. There are two engineers over there. There's some guy working on his lawn mowing website, you know? And that's kind of an interesting thing, again, about being human, how we understand digital things sometimes through their, their analog, you know, correlatives. The, um, the thing you were talking about a moment ago about, you know, internal and external sort of triggers that pull you to, to multitask or tried to multitask. We also help you because a lot of the external um, sort of pulls come through like Slack and some other um, apps like that. So we respectfully, if you'd like, we will put your Slack in away mode with a little message saying, hey, I'm in a flow session. So your teammates in your Slack will say, oh, okay, right, right now I can't bother Steven unless it's really important because when they message you, they'll be like, hey, I'm in flow. You know, like this is not a time unless it's super urgent right now for me to respond to you because that's how quickly you go from like, oh, I'm writing this thing to, well, Ulf has a question, I should answer that. And that leads me down the thing of like, I better go into Google Drive and find those files and send them to Derek and 
that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, and Ulf, you mentioned earlier, I thought it was, um, I kind of want to dig into it a little bit because you mentioned about how expensive it is. And I would love to just hear a little bit more about that because a lot of our listeners are, you know, heads of people, uh, chief people officers, uh, CEOs, founders, and such. And so, you know, I think where sometimes it becomes difficult is like communicating this message to them to say, how do you create systematic ways to get people in flow or in states of mindfulness? So tell us a little about the expensive comment you mentioned earlier and yeah. then yeah. talking to business owners, why is this? Centered is not expensive, let's be clear. Centered is not. Multitasking is expensive. Multitasking is expensive. Yes, that, that's what I'm getting at. That this, the idea of not being in a state of flow and working on many things at once isn't expensive. It's a, it's a, it costs your bottom line your business, your bottom line, so. Absolutely, so so share, sharing cost, we, we analyzed our last two years of user activity and came up with a number that helps you understand how expensive it is to not monotask. That is 30%, 30% of your work time, you could you could get done you could get all your work done in an average in our user base like that people who use centered 30 percent quicker than than what it used to take you or even what it what you think it takes us that's how we came up with that number we looked at people's estimates and then having them use centered and in average people get their work even 30 percent under the estimates done it's not for every single person but once you start getting in this mindset of doing just one thing, you'll get it most likely in 30% less time than even you think it is. And, and that is to me, that, that is where like businesses think about 30% of your workforce savings. That is, that is in the, depending on the size of your business, that is like ginormous. That is like, not, not like an $80 a year subscription for like a single person that is, uh, you know, like a hundred X more than that, that you would save by following, being a little bit more mindful, not to even think about churn of your employees, your employees being burned out, especially right now during a time of a lot of people being forced to work from home that not necessarily want to work from home. I feel like the beginning of the pandemic, it all started with like, oh, this is so great. I don't have to commute anymore. Yes, commuting sucks and we should we should figure out how to be better at that. But the key part here is to, the, what happened then over the last couple of months is people would just, they had nothing else to do and kept on working and kept on working and kept on working and their work became less and less and less efficient. So, what what gets you that churn in your company for like if you like think about it as a as a CEO you're like you're just overworked and you don't really control that anymore you can't just say hey the office is closed at six o'clock or like you walk through like your office space and you're like hey Stephen why are you still sitting here at eight o'clock every night please go home um, you don't ha you lost control over that as a leader so finding even more ways that that teach every single person what it means to be to get work done and what it means to rest and recover is is also super important mm, yeah i think there is this idea of um you know lagging and leading indicators of burnout and 
even productivity, right? Because again, I think we have this really, quite frankly, outdated paradigm of what productivity is. It's five days a week. It's you know forty hours a week. Yeah, hours a week. Yeah, all 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 those arbitrary numbers. And so I think now we're seeing this shift of the paradigm to say, you know, let's use outcomes-based leadership. Let's um, think about the human and how the actual human like nervous system and brain works. <laughs> um, and, you know, being in the office is, is I think, a benefit, but it's also, I can now get my work done anywhere. And, but I have to also have some uh, mindfulness baked into those practices and routines to make sure I'm also considering my whole human uh, when, when getting things done. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of shifting happening. And so Stephen kind of to, and I want to be respectful of your time because I feel like we could just dig into like a million different tiny topics here. But We could, I, I want to dig into one. What yeah, makes we, you human, Angela? Ooh, yes. The row of the question over. What makes me human? I think what makes me human is um, I don't know everything. I make mistakes. I take a lot of risks. They don't always work. And I have made a lot of mistakes in my life. So I think being human is, to, is taking some risks, trying new things, and taking the best of, of what you learn along the way. I would, I would even go more and say I would celebrate the mistakes that you've made in your lives. Because if you think about and I think it goes well for your listeners too. If you go back and like go through like the big failures in your life, I'm sorry, I'm German. I can I can talk directly about <laughs> about negativity that happened in your life. Um, if you think about the the really hard parts in your life where you feel like you failed, these are most likely the most formative things that happened to you. And so I think culturally we should. Th talk more about that it's okay to make mistakes because that's what makes us human and that's what's making us to improve ourselves much much more than getting that promotion or whatnot like it's a nice little feeling that you had for a second to like get promoted or you know wh whatever it is sell your company but but the really the really learning factors that make you a better or a more advanced human is actually about your failure, about your mistakes. Yeah, and I think this this ties in nicely because, and I'm glad you asked the question, Stephen. So thank you, um, because I think a lot of times we we do put ourselves into a box of what should be, what we think you know society or the workplace wants us to do. But really, for me, like my journey has been just trying things and and figuring out what works well for me. And I think employees are becoming more and more empowered to do that to say you know what commuting two hours doesn't work for me and i've made the mistake of maybe spending the last two years doing that but now i want to do something different i'm going to try something new and maybe that didn't work but you know and you just you incrementally i think get better and you incrementally find the space where you can thrive and that's really what i think leaders and businesses and companies should be doing to help employees as well is to, to do that exploration to fail to give the permission to fail uh, give the permission card to say you know what that didn't work out but let's talk about what you learned and we'll be better next time you clearly put a lot of energy toward this idea of what it is to be human and how that expresses itself was there a particular event or a person that was influential for you 
You know, um, interesting you asked that question. I am working on my book, and I just recently started a chapter on um, my parents and the parallels between parenting and leadership. And one of the things that I mentioned or I kind of opened with was this realization that, you know, my mom was the main breadwinner, so my dad was a stay-at-home dad, very non-traditional, you know, parenting setup. And, you know, you know, when you're a kid, your parents are so, um, you know, you see them as like the, the, the hot shots, right? The, the, the big shots, like whatever they're doing at work, like they're the best at it. They could be an accountant, but they're like a CEO to you. Um, so, you know, my mom would, but my mom would come home and she would just feel defeated every day, you know, and I felt that like in, in our family union, in our small family unit, I felt that. And so I think that had a really big impact on my, my view of the responsibility of companies to send happier, healthier humans home so they can impact their family unit, societies, communities. It just, it's a ripple effect. And so if I could think of one person, it's probably my, my parents collectively because my dad is another force of nature, but <laughs> that'll be a whole other podcast episode to talk about him. So that, that is very interesting to hear you say that because I'll tell you, you know, having known Ulf for the better part of a decade, um, and now he has, you know, a three month old at home, something I said to you, I think about a month or so ago, Ulf was having a child and being a parent. I have never seen Ulf so loving and compassionate and thoughtful as a leader as since he had a little life to take care of. And that's been a market sort of like, as Ulf always iterates on himself and works to self-improve, that's been amazing. Just be having front row seat to see that. It's, yeah. it's, so, it's so interesting. Um, a, a really good friend of mine gave me the spiel just before I became a father of, and I thought this analogy is just the best analogy ever. It like resonated so well with me. So I'm gonna share it with you now is, Becoming a parent feels like walking through a portal into a new world. That, tr that tree outside your door is still the same tree, and yet it is completely a different tree. The car on the street is still the same car that, that drives by every day, and it's out of a sudden a completely different car. I could have... Before I before I became a dad, I I thought like oh that's interesting yeah that's I can see this but but experiencing it like how the world and your belief system changes so dramatically after becoming a parent is fascinating the best thing best thing that happened to me. And would you would you said Angela about you know your your mother and you know how you saw her she um, you know was the the breadwinner of the family. If you look at the constructs that, we, and I'm not going to say that I'm religious or, or atheist um, in this regard, but if you think about how we construct religion, is it is very much about when we are too young to understand abstract concepts like religion, our parents are our gods, you know, which is why we look at them in that way. And at some point we realize they're not God, but they were. And we later create that with superheroes, often with comic book characters, like they become our new gods. And what's interesting is if you then look at how we've created religion and created these comic book characters, these superheroes, they often are just a reflection of our families. There's recreating 
the family life. And most of them can be in a very reductive way boiled down to, oh, this is a story of a brother and sister, the Wonder Twins, or this is a story of, you know, a, a family where uh, the, the Incredibles is a great example because the guys at Pixar are very smart about this. Incredibles is almost a meta movie about superheroes because it was literally saying like, do you get it? All these movies are about a family. We'll make a movie about a family. Da, da, da. And it was, you know, sort of that inside Hollywood kind of joke of that's what you're doing is you're just saying these are family dynamics, but by the way, Ulf can fly. <laughs> right. Right. Let's add a little bit of spice in, in, in the mix. Um, but yeah, it just, it comes down to that core, which is, that's fascinating. That's, that's a fascinating way to look at it. And I think, you know, I was processing with my, um, publisher about uh the idea of um like she wants me to include um a parallel between you know how i viewed the workplace then and like what i've learned along the way and the different parallels and it's 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 good it's it's gonna be it's been a fascinating self-exploration um as a part of the process so angela i have one last question for you too yes how since you're writing a lot what do you do to to get into the zone and, and keep on writing? Well, uh, I, I, I have used flow tactics um, most of my career. I'm not great at them. I'm not good at, you know, uh, meditation. I'm horrible at meditation. But I am, a, I am a creature of habit. So routines work really, really well for me. Uh, so the wind up, the wind down every day, uh, Stephen, what you said resonated with me around like when I don't do yoga, you know, I feel it. I feel a difference. I know the things that if I don't do them, I will feel a difference. So um, routine um, and also having a community of people. Um, I'm currently working with my publisher and a community of other writers and, you know, being able to process from different experiences because I'm writing these experiences on paper, but when I hear people read them and then say back to me how they process it, it's, it's fascinating. So I think community, routine, but also setting time aside. Um, I'm the type of person who I have to do things one, you know, one thing at a time, like most people. Um, but you know, I've started to book these like weekly trips <laughs> where I just like go away and just write. And so those are just a few things that that have worked for me. Yeah, it goes so well when you when you basically put your setting really into account and like, where do you work? How is how does your desk look like? Um, uh, one thing that that we always recommend is, um, for instance, how how scent can like add to to your concentration levels like when when i get into like a deep work session i put some actually have a diffuser here and like put some put some scents on like a lavender for instance or like a mint um and just like work that pavlovian brain of mine to like figure out okay this is deep work time and like how another sense can actually trigger that is is super interesting oh yeah that, the, that's really interesting the other piece and you know anybody who who wants to tweet at us and, uh, and and follow us, we can send you one of these and we'll send you one too. We have these lovely little boxes that that fits your phone inside. And there's a little like hole for a charger. And while you work, just put your phone away. So 
there are so many little tricks to to basically on a very low tech way to to help you to stay focused and not so that you can do 10 hours of work so that you can do seven hours of super meaningful work and you get probably twice as much done mm. well tell our listeners how they can support um contribute sign up uh you know your journeys but also the the, the centered app and so where, where should folks go absolutely we- so go go to center.app uh, you can download our app. It's a macOS app and a Windows app. Go and install it. Go try it. It's free. You can just start using it. We have a premium version of it as well. If you want to start customizing the app and, and really get the most out of the app, it is a subscription that we have for $80 a year. So it's, if you, again, think about like the amount of time you'll save with this and how much happier you feel, it's a fraction of the money you actually spend on your life. So... We we do that so we do not have to sell any of your data. Your data is 100% private to you. We'll never touch it in any possible way, which is uh, which is super, super important to us um, that it's safe. Um, again, find us at center.app um, on, on any browser of your choice. Um, mm-hmm. uh, same thing, we're centered app on Twitter. Um, Again, tweet us us. If you heard heard it on the podcast and you want one of these boxes, just let us know. We'll send you one. Angela, it's very sweet of you to say how we could be supported, but really what we're creating is something to support other people to do something great. You know, we we talk often about no one is going to write the next great novel scrolling in Instagram and they're not going to cure cancer learning a viral challenge on TikTok. So we're here to help you to actually do something great with your life rather than just scroll and sell your life to advertisers well i i love what you both are doing and uh, we will make sure to put your um, info in the show notes so thank folks you. hear it or they see it they can click on it and uh, thank you both so much i i love this conversation and i loved your questions for me i i always love when i get questions so thank you for all your time and all that you do thank you so it was much. super fun it was super fun thanks for having us thank you Bye.